without the airplane that we have that I bought from Tyler Perry, and I didn't pay anywhere. And Tyler's one of the greatest guys. He made it. He made that airplane so cheap for me. I couldn't help but buy it. Well, my question then. Well, well okay, all right. But I want to get to the demons because people are very concerned about that comment. Give me a chance here, Inside Edition. Okay. I love your eyes. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment. You said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. You, you, can't, you, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right. That's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on your heart. It really does. So I, anyway, I, I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see there, them preachers spending all that money, just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business to do Listen. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on everybody welcome to episode 220 of the iron jacob do america podcast i'm your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me is the brown recluse mr Artrail. art say hello to the millions the millions what the hell is going on america hey guys go to uh cavemancoffee.com check out their entire inventory of coffee they got the hibiscus tea they have the cacao butter they got the sweatpants they got the hats they got everything you'll ever need to survive in the wilderness um <laughs> when you find something you like type in america at checkout to receive 15 percent off uh that not only goes towards helping the podcast it goes towards helping them <laughs> take a picture of yourself wearing a hat drinking the coffee drinking the hibiscus tea tag them tag us it shows that you care it shows that you listen um, even if you're, even if you're, um, what's that other podcast that, uh, it's fleeting memory. It's gone. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to remember that, uh, I was going to give them a shout out, but I can't remember. Who? Slumbuster podcast? Slumbuster. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Shout out to Slumbuster. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're also sponsored by Caveman Coffee. So tag us both. Tag us, tag, tag them, tag us. We appreciate, they appreciate it. You can use their promo code. I don't care, but tag us both of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways. So with that said, Art, sleepy, sleepy Joe Art over here. <laughs> um, speaking of sponsors, guys, make sure you check out our other sponsor, guys, the great, the powerful. I know you're saying it at home. 
the flavorful El Yucateco hot sauce, guys. The kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50 plus years of Flavortown. I don't mean Flavortown. I mean the best hot sauce you will find on any shelf. I guarantee it. And just in case you cannot find El Yucateco on your local shelves, guys, just head on over to shopelyucateco.com and your promo code DOAMERICA. Art, myself, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well, will give you 10% off your entire purchase. Just like Caveman Coffee, they got shirts, they got shoes, they got all sorts of accoutrements uh, that you uh, can buy that has an El Yucateco logo on. I am currently in the process of getting that foam finger. It will be up in the studio as soon as I get it, and you will see it. But you can buy that also as well on LUTECO.com. It is badass. It is great. Enter promo code DOAMERICA. Saves yourself 10% off as well as helping this podcast. But guys, speaking of other sponsors, guys, make sure you check out SuperApparel.com. That is the official apparel website for the great and powerful Nicole Smith Botch. Check out her whole summer line that she's got going out. My favorite shirt personally right now is the witchy kitty design that I keep shouting out. But she's got a whole other slew of other designs. And just like Caveman Coffee and El Yucateco and her promo code Art and Jacob and the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But guys, we are not here to talk about witches. We're here to talk about some other religious things. Art, what are we here to talk about today? Televangelist. No. The great and powerful televangelist. And holy. Yeah, and I guess holy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you uh, suggested this topic. Um, like I was saying before we started recording, um, this is kind of a personal uh, thing that I've gone through my my life, right? So I was telling you before we started recording that, you know, throughout most of the 90s, my mom constantly had, you know, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBN, blasting almost 24 hours, like, in our house. And, yeah, I could go into the, you know, the fact that our house was, you know, possessed by demons. And yeah. that, you know, you know, for comfort, my mom would just leave the Christian channel on, you know, 24-7. She would leave Christian radio on the house 24-7 because, you know, hey, she thought it was it would drive demons away. And, hey, maybe it worked. But maybe it welcomed some other demons in because I was introduced as well as she was introduced to a host of other slithery, slimy characters as well. So personal topic. Glad you picked it this week. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's one of those things that I think is really interesting that's, that's, that's happening. It's, it's influencing elections. It's, uh, it's influencing a, policy, influencing policy. Um, I mean, religion in general to me is one of those things that's like really interesting just because I always think that it's important that we have a separation of church and state, which we don't. I mean, really, realistically, we don't. Like, we pretend that we do, but it's not really there. We, So many people want to label this a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people, like, I always think that that stuff to me, and, and there's like there's like a whole, like, racist backstory to, to like, evangelicals and televangelists like that whole thing like it, it has a whole like they do. slimy races backbone um and and i, I just I, I think it's interesting i think it's interesting that it gets labeled as like the right thing to do like trump is all <laughs> pro like this thing like i don't know in america all you have to do is like wave a bible around and like pretend that you're christian to like be viewed as a good person to be in the the good graces of the moral majority so um 
just kind of a thing that I want to uh, send out there. I don't know how many of our listeners are like hardcore Christians. I assume not a whole lot because we tell a lot of jack off jokes on here or whatever. But I, for me personally, I'm not going to speak on behalf of art. Like I'm not talking about all churches uh, here. I'm not talking about all religion. I'm not talking about all pastors here. Uh, but what we are talking about are those televangelists that, you know, for whatever reason need, you know, six or seven, you know, G5 Gulfstream jets, you know, are constantly asking, you know, their, you know, viewers to send them in, you know, a love gift of $1,000. And for the most part, this episode is going to be kind of based upon, you know, that last week tonight, you know, John Oliver episode that he talks about, you know, televangelism as well, because he does a really good job of like hitting all the points. And he starts his episode off talking about like, hey, you know, churches, literally the first words out of his mouth, you know, it's a it's a part of, you know, the American culture, the part of the American lexicon. You know, you said you believe like in a, you know, a separation of church and state, which I also do as well, because it can't all be just one thing. You know, America was very much founded on the principle of, hey, like, we want to come over here and freely practice like whatever religious beliefs that we might have. Maybe it might be the Quakers. Maybe it might be Mormons. Maybe it might be, you know, Hindus or Sikhs or, you know, whatever, what have you, right? It's supposed to be the land of, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, right? And, you know, we're all welcoming. We're all realistically respect each other. Unless you're a Native American, yeah. Yeah, then fuck your beliefs, right? Give me your land. Give (laughs) me your land. Stick them up. Your beliefs are stupid. <laughs> and we're going to... We're, we're going to make you into mascots. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> we're going to call you a racist slur for our Washington, D.C. team. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, for, like, churches, right? So I grew up in churches, like, my whole life. And I do think there are churches out there that do the right thing. You know, that, you know, they use their tax exemption. You know, this is a big part of this episode that, you know televangelists take advantage of they use their tax exemption you know the way it was meant to be you know they're out there they're they're feeding the homeless they're they're clothing the poor you know they're helping you know their parishioners that you know might not be able to make you know next month's rent you know you know they might be having marital problems you know the priest priest or you know father or whoever's like the head of that church you know, they provide counseling like, you know, they're, they're literally doing the Lord's work, asking what the Bible is instructing them to do. You know, basically living how Jesus would have if he was still present here in 2021. But there is this sect of preachers, quote unquote, or televangelists that go on TV not every Sunday, but it seems like every day. You know, one person that is a very popular figure now that we make making fun of, especially during COVID times, Kenneth Copeland. He has a TV show called The Believer's Voice of Victory that literally I feel like comes on TV every single day. And for the most part, it's a lot about him bragging about, you know, the riches that he has. It's a lot about fucking, you know, he needs a new Gulfstream jet to, you know, go fly fly to uh, a ski resort and spread the good word of the Lord or whatever to all these heathens that don't even never heard of Jesus before. Um, But in reality, you know, he's just profiteering tax free off of very vulnerable people who, you know, legitimately believe what he is saying to be the word of God. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is my whole thing is, I don't know how a lot of these 
a lot of these organizations operate the way a business would operate. Correct. Yet they're still somehow tax exempt. Uh, I think that, I think that, you know, like you said, I think there's good things that come from it. I don't know if like the ultra, I don't know. I, I think that there's too many loopholes in this country. I think given any organization a, a tax exempt thing, it's, it's, it's so, it's so weird that that even exists. Um, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really with that, but like, I do think that some good things have come from it. Um, but yeah, you look at these organizations, they're like super, super huge. And they operate in these like mega churches. They operate in these mega television studios. They operate with their own versions of their Disneyland. Yeah. And like <laughs> they, um, they're tax exempt somehow. Like they're, they're not paying any taxes. And it's like, how is this any, any different than like a Disneyland or something else, you know, mm-hmm. like some, it doesn't really make any Amazon sense. fucking Apple, like these billion dollar corporations. Yeah. And I think, you know, to bring Kenneth Copeland back in um, one and mind you, they don't have to report anything to the IRS. So we don't know exactly how much uh, these televangelists are worth. Uh, but one person estimated, you know, based upon, you know, their property and, you know, the, the many jets and, you know, cars, Rolls Royces that they have, that you, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, his wife, are worth somewhere up to like three quarters of a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's fucking out, fucking insane. <laughs> like, yeah, this one man insane. who goes on TV every day said that he's spreading the word of God, right? And very much like in the Bible, like New Testament in particular, Jesus hated the rich. That's even like a, a, a scripture in the Bible that says it's easier for... Jesus hates. Yeah, Jesus hates. Number one rule, Jesus hates. <laughs> God hates us all. No, Je- Jesus hates the rich. No, but it's easier for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's very much in the Bible. However, you have these like ultra fucking millionaires, possibly billionaires, out there saying that, you know, hey teaching what's called this thing called the prosperity gospel, right? That the more that you give to me, the more God will bless you. And you can find videos of this. Like it doesn't have to be an edited YouTube video. You can even go on like, you know, you know, morning television, you know, where these people seem to fucking fester or whatever. Right. And they, they say over and over again, like, Oh, you might only have $2,000 in your bank account right now. You might be able, barely be able to put two pennies together, but if you give me those two pennies, God will bless you. And in the Bible, it does not say anything about that. They're what they're doing is, is they're taking verses in the Bible and kind of molding them into what they want it to be. So in the Bible, it does say that you should give up 10% of your income to God. Now, what that means is it doesn't mean give up 10% to, you know, Kenneth Copeland or fucking Joe Olstein or whatever. What that really is saying is just like, hey, like 10% of what you're getting should be given out to be doing the Lord's work. You know, like if you have like a poor neighbor and you have like all these clothes that are just sitting in your closet or whatever, like, hey, why don't you take some of those clothes and clothe your neighbor? If you have fucking, you know, just fuck loads of uh, food that's in your refrigerator. And, you know, you got like, you know, a, a single parent that is like down the street, barely able to feed their children, like even after like food stamps or whatever, right? Take some of that food down to them or invite them over for dinner. Like that's literally the Lord's work. That's what the Bible's saying. Not 
take exactly like you made you made thirty thousand dollars last year. Uh, according to your tax records, you should be <laughs> giving like ten percent of that to Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, no, it's pretty fucked up stuff, man. Um, I I think that um, not only that, but doesn't it always seem like the people that do that are the same people that like will put themselves on blast? Like, look, I just gave this person a ten dollar <laughs> sandwich. Like, do you remember that guy we used to work with, Lee? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like he embodies everything about this. Where it's like, shout out to Lee, man. Yeah. <laughs> but like, Lee is like one of those dudes that like, like, isn't he all a hardcore Trump supporter too? Where it's like, yeah. like he is like, oh man, we gotta support the rich because the rich are the ones that God loves the most because God's giving them the most. So we gotta make sure we're closer to like God by being closer to Trump. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, what, what are you talking about? What? I, I've I've said this a few times. There is like this weird fascina- fascination with the rich mm. in America, and I think it's it's weird. It's weird how like there's like weird, and it feels like those rap videos from 2007 that we were talking about earlier. On the Patreon, yeah, on the Patreon, where it's just like, man, like rich equals better kind of thing, right? Like yeah. where it's just like, oh, he must know what he's doing because he has a lot of money, right? He must be really smart. Or that's very much the prosperity gospel that, oh, because this guy is rich, he's closer to God. And the reason why you're poor is because you're doing something wrong. Where, in fact, like all of Jesus' disciples and Jesus himself, they very much live like a life of poverty. And like there's even like, you know, sections in Christianity where like priests and preachers, like they do take a vow of poverty, right? Like I grew up in the church, like there's priests that yeah they'll they get a what's called a parsonage right where like you know they their job is to be a preacher like it's a 24 hour a day job like if somebody's like in the hospital it's two o'clock in the morning and you know they're saying like this is it like they got an hour left of life like you gotta hop out of bed and fucking read them their last rites or whatever right so you're some of the benefits of that is you get a parsonage is like you know that the church pays for like your house right so my cousin oh i'm doing that Keith, his stepdad, you know, he That's was a, a cool priest. gimmick. His dad was a priest of the church we were going to, and they lived in, you know, a house pretty much just like up the street. Like it wasn't anything fancy. It was a nice house for a family of five, right? And you know, it was it was a very humble house, right? It wasn't like in the hood or anything like that. You know, they weren't gonna put them like with the Loma Bakers or whatever, right? Or the MS13 or anything like that. But like it was very much like, hey, here's a safe neighborhood to put you in it's very close to all the freeways so you can get to you know every major hospital you can read people their last last rites or go visit this you know you know elderly home or do this that or another right yeah, yeah. it was very much like w- within reason but then televangelists right they have like these super complexes right so one televangelist that i'm sure we'll get into like in a future episode because it's just this episode's full of like fucking super loopholes that I'm sure we'll spin off into other episodes is Benny Hinn. Like he literally like lives like on, in a city amongst itself. Right. So he has his main house and then all of his family members like have like many, not even many mansions, but mansions within his like compound, if you will, like all over. So it's, it's just crazy. And then his church pays for all of that. Right. And his family don't do anything but besides go on TV with him and pretend to like heal everybody, right? Like he's that that guy that goes on TV and he like smacks them on their head and they all fall down like they're healed and shit. That's pretty wild shit, man. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I didn't go into into depth on too many of them, but I do think that, I mean, actually, we haven't really like broken down like you know what what's really going on here. So essentially, I mean, you you've kind of talked about how it's a television program. It's basically a big show, right? The mm-hmm. whole thing is set up as a theater show of of like here's like what you need to do to be a good Christian, and if you want to become a better Christian, go ahead and send us all this money. And you're right, the the uh, John Oliver episode does a really good job when he starts breaking it down, and he actually starts sending money to these televangelists. Mm-hmm. I think to me that that's the part that's like the most interesting um, when he's when he actually starts sending money and like getting nothing in return, and he'll get like a ten dollar bill back and be like, okay, now send us forty dollars with the ten dollar bill to do all this. Then the whole thing is like this giant pyramid scheme. It is playing yeah. on people's emotions and people's faith, and it's it's really sad. It's disgusting. And it, you know, if you, I would suggest everyone go watch that video, uh-huh. but you know he does end it by trying to turn his his studio audience into like its its own yeah. church, and it's like to me, I mean, the funny part is not only that um, that it is funny what everything he's saying and doing, but the funny thing is like that lo- those laws are like so fucking like weak and like vague, vague and like and intentionally vague too. Yeah, the IRS video that he shows on there. Yeah, I mean they're intentionally vague, but it's they're they're also like super dangerous. Like, aren't aren't um I mean monopolies are illegal for a reason. Like anything that's kind of like a scheme almost feels like it's illegal for a reason. It's basically like so you don't prey on the weak and like the elderly or whatever. Like or the weak minded, yeah, weak minded. And I feel like no offense, but like you're already probably preying on people that like i mean i mean you probably dealt with some kind of trauma in your life so like you went and like like joined this crazy church that's built like a pyramid who like er- the preacher's dressed like a fucking robot and like <laughs> he wears a billion gold rings kind of thing like you're probably already like in a really weak place or whatever you know like <laughs> and and now, like, this dude's asking you to send money in and, like... Money that you probably don't have, you know, necessarily. You, you probably have some illness and you, wa- you want to have your erectile dysfunction cured kind of thing. And, like, all these things happen where, like, you 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 basically get preyed upon. I, I think he, he points out... I don't know if it was in that video, in the John Oliver video, where he talks about the uh this guy he's not even a christian guy but he's a televangelist and he he's like wanted for like war crimes in like jerusalem and all these like other countries because he was not on the video but oh, yeah. so that's another one like I, I forgot his name but um basically he he started all these like wars over there because he was all like radical jihad and all this shit and he wants to like but he's a televangelist and like He's not even banned in the United States, but like they're saying, like it's coming soon. It might come soon. He might become banned here in the United States. Oh, now I remember the video he's on, but um, but he's still like welcomed in the United States until like until like you know further updates kind of thing. Like we'll find out, and that's fucking nuts. Like this dude that's like starting wars in other part places of the world because he's starting all these like it's freedom of religion sir yeah it's it's nuts it is nuts and uh you mentioned like you know praying upon the sick um and i'm probably going to mention these these two you know a lot during this episode but uh gloria copeland uh kenneth copeland's wife uh there's a video of her where she's talking about the really famous video of her talking about how like you know oh so you get diagnosed with cancer and they say they don't know what they're going to have to do about it, but they're going to pump you full of poison. You don't want to do that. 
you don't you don't need to do that. What you need to do is is come to church every Sunday morning and sit there and get filled full of the Holy Ghost and he will he will he will heal you if you empty out your pocket. I mean I'm obviously adding more to this or whatever. Yeah. If you if you continue to contribute toward our for our building fund or whatever, right? And like that's very much a thing. And throughout this week, like I was listening to like different podcasts and whatnot of stories similar to that where it's just like hey like i knew a guy that i worked with and uh he very much followed like a lot of these like televangelists because we got we got to point this out too like televangelism very much like came up in the era of like the 50s where like tv slowly slowly but surely started to become like a bigger and bigger part of like american culture and it's been more convenient to sit down at your own the, the the comfort of your own couch and watch church than it is, you know, to get up and, you know, drive there and drive back or whatever, right? But he said, he was saying, he said that, you know, one of his coworkers, um, you know, got this bad cancer diagnosis. Like, it was, like, almost immediately stage four. And instead of, like, go, doing, like, this, like, aggressive treatment or whatever, uh, he, ta- he, he sent in a letter to, you know, one of these televangelists. And he says, hey, no, you don't need any of that fancy newfangled medicine. It's not even going to cure you. Send in, you know, half of your life savings and then God will turn around and bless you for that, for giving money to my church or whatever, right? And he said, like, two weeks later, like, he, he slowly, surely started declining. I forgot, like, the timeline, but it was, like, because he refused to, you know, do any treatment. And he just wanted to send money to this mega church. And, you know, God was going to heal you with these magic oils that I have for, for giving me a love gift. He, he died, like, soon after that because it's just, like, he very much, like, followed. He, he was preyed upon, basically, like you were saying. And it's just like you see a lot of that with these these priests. Yeah, I mean, even fast forward to this uh, COVID pandemic, like how many people were like, I don't want to wear a mask because Jesus says it's cool. Like, <laughs> like Kenneth Copeland, yeah. Jesus will take care of you. Don't wear a mask. You don't have to get the devil's vaccine. Like Jesus is going to. You're protected me, by the blood of Christ. Yeah, to me it's just like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? This makes no fucking sense. I mean, no offense to, and that's that's not even like a Christian thing. I feel like that's almost like a religious thing in general, where people's like, like love for like the idea of a higher power starts turning into like more of a genie than a, than an actual like yeah. Then like there 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 is spiritual enlightenment. One time, this guy told me this thing, and I always think that it's like super true. Where um, <laughs> um. And I think it was like some Mormon guy who was telling me this. It was super dark now that I think about it, but it's super true. And he was saying, like, you know, sometimes you pray and sometimes God's answer is no. And then I was just like, that's pr- probably true. Like, I yeah. mean, it's not, This he's like, this isn't a genie. Like, this is like real life. And it's like, that's very much the prosperity gospel, though. Like, where like God is a genie. The more that you give money to one of his anointed ministers or whatever that's on TV, the more he's going to bless you, the more he's going to answer your prayers. And it's just like, that's not how it works. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that that's how that works. This is the opposite, actually. You know, and that's very much why Jesus tore down the temple. And you mentioned that, like how people, you know, get this idea of like a higher power, you know, that he's like this genie, like he's just going to, you know, snap his fingers and like all your problems are going to go away. It reminds me of like the story, my mom's uncle who who's a priest you know not a televangelist but a priest he and he, he was talking about that and he goes you see these clowns on tv you know they say what they're gonna say or whatever right that you know you send them a thousand dollars and all your problems are gonna go away 
And he goes, it reminds me of this story I heard in seminary school where it's just like there was this great flood and, you know, this man, you know, climbs on top of his roof and, you know, he's waiting for help. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, the, you know, the local, you know, sheriff's department or fire department, they come in, you know, with a boat and they're like, hey, get on this boat. Like the, the water is going to rise and like everyone's going to die unless, you know, you get out. Of, we get out of here. You're like, we're saving everybody. And the guy, you know, he rejects him and he says, nope, God's going to take care of me. Like, I, I don't need your boat or whatever. Right. And so then, you know, somebody else comes by just for the story's sake or whatever. He's got like one of those like swap <laughs> gliders or whatever, like with the big fans on it or whatever. And the guy's like, jump on, dude. We got to get out of here. The water is like rapidly rising. And it's going to like soon like sweep this whole place out. Like you're going to be submerged here pretty soon. You're going to drown. Nope. God's going to take care of me. And he's like, well, fine. Like me and my family are out of here. And they scoot on on their fucking, you know, bayou boat or whatever. Right. And then a couple minutes later, a helicopter comes by lowers the fucking uh you know helicopter ladder thingy down is like hey jump on like literally like in two minutes there's gonna be even worse floods gonna like eradicate everything he's like nah it's cool like god's gonna take care of me i you know i gave a thousand dollars to <laughs> john Hagee ministries yeah. or whatever right and then all of a sudden you know the guy wakes up he's in heaven or whatever right and he's talking to God and he's like, hey, God, like, why didn't you save me from that flood? Like, I, I did everything right. I did everything you told me to do. I gave to Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. I gave them the $273 love gift that they asked for or whatever. He's like, you idiot. I sent a guy with a boat. I sent a guy with a fucking, you know, swamp raft. And I sent a helicopter after you. Why didn't you jump on? And it's very much like what we're talking about right now where it's just like God can't help those who won't help themselves kind of thing and it, people think that god is just like this magic genie that's just gonna yeah, take yeah. all your problems away if you do x y and z yeah it's kind of it's kind of crazy i don't i don't know i don't i mean that that's like a i don't want to say like that's a different level of like stupidity but that is this that is the the crowd that's probably like voting for trump and things like that not to like be that guy but that is that like level of like you know the people that like really like believe in it in like a very magical way in a very like cartoonish godlike figure where it's like dang that's that's it's scary to me that those people also like get a boat in 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 like in the way America goes forward but yeah i mean i, I think i've i think i've said this in the past where i'm like dude there's like so much chaos in this world like it's all it's it's almost all chaos like it's just just pulling a random card out of, out of a deck and like or whatever it is like that i mean I don't know, that's like more of like as far as like like good things happening to good people or whatever like there's no there's no thing like that like there's there's no there's no such thing as that there's like a family just the other day that was like hit by like some like some dude that was racing on the freeway, like here in Bakersfield, and it's like, dude, that was like a fucking two-year-old kid in there, and like, mm-hmm. the kid was just like fucking decapitated on the on the scene, kind of thing. That's not good things happening to good people. Like that kid, even if the dad was an asshole, it's like, what did the kid do, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's all chaos. Like, stop pretending that there's like some genie out there that's like cares about you. Like, this is you're a fucking speck in this entire universe. Like, you're, you know, like you're no more important than the ants on the ground, kind of thing. But I do think that because of that same idea of like being like, man, am I meaningless in this whole existence? Like, there's no way. Like, I can, I, I fucking, I fucking dance pretty good. I wear pants. <laughs> like, there's no way, dude. Like, um, 
I think that that's where like the magic starts kicking in, and then that that like weird void is where like oh fuck like this fucking Joel Osteen dude just wrote a book and it's pretty good and he makes me feel pretty good about myself. And- yeah, that part makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> like and gives me a purpose, and if I and I think too a lot of it is like laziness too. Like if I do like people don't want to take shit into their own hands, you know. I mentioned it, you know, when we're talking about brujeria, like where it's just like, you know, for me, you know, what I was raised to believe that, you know, it's just God wants a personal relationship with you, right? And for a lot of people, like that's a hard thing to do. I'll admit, like getting in touch with like your spirituality, your true spirituality, right? The untainted spirituality. It's a very hard thing to do. Like it's a hard thing to ask of somebody. Even like those numbskulls that, you know, that would be like that example I just gave with that story or whatever. It's a hard thing to do. And with anything hard, you know, people are always looking for a shortcut. And like you said, oh, Joel Olstein wrote this book. He's telling me that, oh, X, Y, and Z, you do X, Y, and Z, and you can be just like him. Be rich and all your problems will go away. Just do this. And a lot of that is just like, hey, give me your money and go to my church every fucking day or whatever, right? And I think it's a lot of that too. It's a lot of just like laziness, right? And how I mentioned too, like televangelism came with the rise of like television and the American culture. When we talk about culture, every single culture in this world, religion or some kind of spirituality is like a major base in that. Like even with you, you know, you mentioned on a couple of episodes, like you grew up in a Mormon household. It very much has shaped a lot of, you know, positive things about you, right? I grew up in an Episcopalian household. It very much shaped a lot of my views, like unshakingly. And for a lot of people, like it's even more intense where it's just like, well, like going to church is just mandatory. Every Sunday I got to go to church. I have to do this because that's my insurance policy. So that way I get into heaven or, you know, bad things won't happen to me, if you will. And so what televangelists do is they take advantage of like that, that cultural vulnerability and they exploit it. Definitely. I mean, definitely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's, I think, I mean, going back to, I mean, it's been going on further than the 1970s, but it was definitely perfected in the 1970s. Correct. That's the, the epicenter of like the explosion. Yeah. And I do think in the 1970s, there was this weird cultural, like, you know, because television was so new, because there were like melting pots and weird melting pots, all of a sudden you saw things like psychedelic drugs and hippies moving to San Francisco and all these things that were just like, wow, like there's so many weird things out there. Like black people are equal now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think there was so much confusion in the world. Like there's a lot of confusion in the world right now. I Mm -hmm. think, I think that, you know, you see older people, they don't know how to feel about transgender people. They don't know how to feel about like interracial couples. Like (laughs) it's just like, I think there's a lot of confusion in the world for like the older folks. And even some younger people, like there's younger people that still don't like understand, like, oh man, like you're telling me they're letting women in the in the military now, like yeah. what the fuck kind of thing, you know? It's just it's just kind of weird. But anyways, um, to me, that's that's what it is, like that confusion, like you see that you saw the rise in the 1970s, yeah, you, because the the whole 60s happened, right? Civil yeah. rights music, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You, you see that you see that confusion and that scared American element where it's like i don't know what is let's vote for fucking ronald reagan let's go extreme and you're absolutely right a lot of televangelists helped him get into power because he promised 
that you know they would be protect their the tax code that was keeping them exempt like he would protect that because there was very much like inquiries that were going on during this yeah. time time period that was just like hey like how are you guys getting this super rich? Like, uh, like because before it was just like when you watch church on TV, it was very much just like Catholic church, like in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right? It was just watching church on TV. Then it became like this whole like you know dog and pony show. Like they were very much trying to be like Johnny Carson. They're getting rich. They got Gulfstream jets. They got their own fucking Holy Land theme park, which is at that time in the seventies was you know the third biggest theme park behind Disneyland and Disney World. And they're like, wait a minute here. And, you know, the government started digging in. It's just like, what's really going on here? Like, are you guys taking advantage of your tax exemption codes, taking advantage of, like, these poor people? Like, what's going on here? And then Ronald, one of the ways Ronald Reagan got in was something called the moral majority, um, where, you know, Again, there's so many rabbit holes that we can get into. Yeah, I think Ronald Reagan's a good one to just spend some time on. Yeah, Jerry Falwell and the Moral Majority. Like, it was this this group, this Christian group that was created uh, to set the record straight. Um, I think he called feminists, like, doing... Feminism was a form of witchcraft, uh, very much against, like, gays and lesbians. Like, all this liberalism, right? And this is where you start... To, in the 70s, this is, like, where Pizzagate kind of gets, like, its its wings, right? It starts to, you know, you know, crack open, like, the dinosaur egg, right? Where it's just, like, and these liberals, what they're doing is they're kidnapping children, and they're, they're molesting them, and they're drinking their blood. This is what's happening in the 70s. This is well before Pizzagate. Pizzagate yeah. is, like, a third, fourth generation, like, yeah, conservative yeah. conspiracy. And that Ronald Reagan was going to come in and he used this exact quote and make America great again. That's where that that quote came from, where it's yeah. just like all this crazy hippy dippy shit that was going on in the sixties or whatever and the the seventies and fuck now he can't even get gasoline because Jimmy Carter been fucking up that damn peanut Democrat. Like Ron Reagan's gonna take care of everything because he's a Hollywood movie star and he's rich beyond compare, or whatever. And yeah. he's got a close personal relationship, Jesus. And guess what? He's gonna protect the tax exemption code. You know, for all the churches or whatever, because all those liberals, they want to destroy, they want to destroy the, the the morality of this country. They want to turn everybody into gays and lesbians, the right people. And I think Jerry Falwell was actually the same guy that said that homosexual or AIDS was a, a homosexual disease created by gays by randomly poking people with AIDS infected needles doing satan's work he legitimately said something along those lines well didn't he have a whole theory is he the same one that had the theory of like homosexuals having rings or was it i don't know if it was homosexuals or jewish people having rings where like if you shook their hand they would prick your hand and give you aids or something yeah yeah it was homosexual it was something it was wild i was like oh my god dude but um and this is like a dude holding church services every single sunday and people listen to these people like I mean, I mean to scale it back a little bit. At the end of the day, these are humans. They're they're humans. They're flawed. There's no such thing as a perfect human. I think even most Christians would agree with that. And yeah, we're putting them on this pedestal like they're like the second coming of Christ. I think the famous quote was it was it um who who said the quote of like I think if Jesus were alive today he would be on television. Yeah, that's like a, a really big quote from like a televangelist, and it's. It's like, man, like, do you really believe that? Like, do you really believe that? Like, th- like, that to me already like embodies the the like the flaws and like these people's beliefs. Where it's like, 
one is like it's all entertainment like television is all entertainment like even even like the most fascinating documentary you watch it's entertainment like it's it is entertainment this podcast we're doing we want it to be entertaining we want people to enjoy this we want people to like like us and give us a thumbs up or whatever <laughs> like give us good reviews or whatever tribute to the patreon like, like it's it's meant to be that or else it would just be like fucking what's that shannon sharp and skip bayless show whatever i don't know people like that never mind i was gonna say well then it would just be that but people actually like that it'd just stuff. be npr or something yeah right? i don't know it would just be npr and informative and boring <laughs> tom brokaw or whatever yeah. right? um but like at the end of the day we we want that and like television is that television is 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 that is the exact same thing that uh was it the turner broadcasting network is that what it is tbs is that what what it no, is? no, no, TBN. It's the Trinity, Trinity yeah. Broadcasting Network. <laughs> like, did they also have, like, programs where it was, like, a bunch of, like, steroided out dudes that were, like, lifting weights for Jesus and, like, yeah. breaking bricks for yeah. Jesus and all this stuff? On Saturday nights. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, later on, it, like, broke that, like, a bunch of those dudes were, like, on hardcore steroids and, like, dude, that was, like, the funniest thing to me that's, like, dude, it well, was... Well, a lot of these guys, right? So, it... <laughs> And again, guys, I, I apologize if this if this program if this episode is vague, but it's just because there's so many rabbit holes that we can go down. And it's not just even like the Christian religion. I don't want to make it sound like that, but I think it's just the the idea of a religion like feeding on like people's like like bad day essentially. Like, oh man, you had a bad breakup, you had a divorce, you had a kidney disease, like get in here kind of thing. Like Yeah. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Well, I mean, this podcast is probably going to spin off into other podcasts. So it's just us introducing, like, the idea of televangelism, whatever. But, like, a lot of these guys, Pat Robertson, you know, very much against, you know, homosexuality and, like, all, you know, anything that's not, you know, white or straight and fucking rich, right? Like, all of these guys, like uh, John Hagee, uh, Jan and Paul Crouch, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, Jerry, Jerry Falwell Sr., Sr., uh, Creflo Dollar, like all of these guys, P- Benny Hinn, Oral Roberts, Jimmy Swagger, all of these guys, like there is some sort of controversy. They're either raping women or getting caught in homosexual relationships or getting caught, you know, doing something nefarious. I think one, uh, one televangelist got caught, you know, like smuggling in like cocaine or whatever. Right. So they're very much like they put themselves there as like this, like holier than thou figure, like almost this perfect individual, almost like a prophet in, in on par with Jesus. Right. Who in the Bible was a perfect individual. Right. Putting themselves up there and then getting caught doing some of the most despicable things. Um, Jan and Paul Crouch, those were the founders of TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. They very much, like, epitomized everything that we were talking about. You know, you watch TV, their program called Praise the Lord. It was like this hour-and-a-half-long TV show where they're just getting up there just basically bragging about their life. Like, God's been so good to us because we were were able to buy another mansion. And the other day, we gold-plated everything in this studio. And then it, like, goes, like, it does, like, this whole, like, Price is Right thing where the the set, like, turns into, you see, like, all these, like, gold, this gold-plated furniture or whatever, right? And it's all because of your love, gifts, and donations, right? And, you know, she's, you know, Jan Crouch, she's sitting there with, like, this humongous, like, you know, pink wig on her head and, like, these humongous, like, fake eyelashes. I believe one thing she was talking about was, like, how her dog, 
the doghouse had air conditioning in it or whatever, right? Like not even like, you know, you know, reading scripture out of the Bible or like trying to help people that are obviously tuning in to like get some like spiritual enlightenment or whatever, right? And I remember my mom was like very invested like into the this couple, like, oh man, they're doing it, they're doing life right. All of their kids are successful and they're very beautiful people or whatever, right? And I'm like, oh, this seems something off, mom, like even when I was like seven. And then as it turns out, like Paul Crouch, the guy, the main, main dude or whatever, right? You look at like him, he was accused of having a, a homosexual relationship uh, with one of his employees, you know, fired him because, you know, he wanted to go public, fired him and then raped him. And then their own granddaughter, it doesn't say this explicitly, but they say like a family member, you know, raped her and that Jan Crouch hid it for years because it would damage the family business. Not the church, but the family business. Dang, that's pretty brutal. That is brutal. I didn't know that story. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is a business. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it really is a business. I mean, millions of dollars, billions of dollars if you combine everything. Like the, um, Pat Robertson is probably like one of the biggest ones out there. Is he still alive? He's 91 years old. Um, is he the one that's considered to be the, um, the spiritual advisor to the presidents or whatever mm-hmm. that to me is like that, that when I heard that role existed, like, and it is a role, like it, it's not, it's, it, it is very much, uh, well, he's a spiritual advisor only to the Republican candidates. Cause he only endorses any of the Republicans, but he, he was very much, even when Barack Obama was in office, he was still like Billy Graham. Cause he hated Barack. Oh, Obama. was it Billy Graham? Okay. Um, then it was Billy Graham that I think the one that's like anytime a president is in office, he doesn't care if they're a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he's, he, he's more neutral. But like to me, it's it to me it's even funny that that even exists because it's like, dude, that's some bullshit you would hear about when like Knights of the Round Table or whatever. Like Merlin was their like spiritual advisor. Like it's so <laughs> it's so comical almost that there's like a, a spiritual advisor to the president or whatever. It's like. Dude, what are you talking about? We're fucking Game of Thrones shit. We're trying to see if like fucking kids are gonna eat tonight. Like, yeah, chill the fuck out. Like, you you either like have morals or you don't. There's no like well, religion I, behind mor- to me, morality. To me, it's like a fake thing. You know, like it's a fake, it's a facade, right? To get to get people to vote for you. Because I mean, like I said at the beginning, like it or not, like religion is very much a big part of like the American culture. Like I was telling my mom, I was like, literally all a candidate has to say is like, I believe in Jesus. And automatically that, that gets you a hundred million votes right there. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll never see like somebody that's a Muslim president, even Barack Obama, who, who legitimately is like a Christian, uh, as well as fucking Joe Biden, who is legitimately like a hardcore Catholic. Like the moral majority says like, Oh no, Barack Obama's a fucking Muslim. And uh, uh, Joe Biden, he, he fucking sucks children blood in the in a basement or whatever, yeah. right? Just because it's not fucking that evangelical form of Christianity. Yeah, it has to be that conservative evangelical form of Christianity. It's pretty scary, man. The, the to me, I mean, we talked about Ronald Reagan. We're I think we're in that second phase where not just television, you know, popped off, and now people are scared of hippies and like interracial couples and people smoking marijuana. We talked about this a little bit on the Patreon, like what changes, what changed in like the 2002, you know, 2010s. Um, and the big thing was that the internet was a thing that really separated the gap. All of a sudden, 
it wasn't just young people on Facebook. All of a sudden, it was like, your grandparents are on Facebook. Like, everyone's on Facebook. Like, get on here. Or like, And I think once that happened and, like, the internet was way more accessible and, like, to everyone, basically, like, the the, the Facebooks were accessible to everyone, um, you saw, like, people becoming scared of what they saw on Facebook, what they, what you know, this person's weird. This person's weirder than I remember in the seventies. Are you telling me like there's crazier things than interracial couples now? <laughs> like you know, like and feminists. You're telling me there's transgender people in in the army now. Like not just women. Like it's it's weird, but like that rise of uh, of fear came came out again. And I, I I although I think there were. Although I think things became more interesting in the arts, I think that the internet made things more interesting in the arts. I think that you look at like the rise of like the Trumps and like the all those like new that conservative wave of like of of uh, who's that dude Ted Cruz and all like all the Ted Cruzes and the dude from Bakersfield. Oh, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is like that new rise of like, and, and Kevin McCarthy might as well be a, like a Southern Baptist preacher kind of thing. Like that dude looks the part, sounds the part. Yeah. Like I think that's why people like him so much. Like it's, it's so glossy and it's so like fake, but it's like, it's supposed to be viewed as like the make America great again. Quote that for mm-hmm. living up to those Ronald Reagan televangelist beliefs or whatever. And that's the scary thing, too, that a lot of these, like, televangelists, like, they're having, like, influence on policy and whatnot. You know, we mentioned Pat Robertson, John Hagee, um, Mike Huckabee. He actually did a lot of campaigning at— He had his own show for a while. Yeah, he did. Um, Because he's, like, an ordained, like, uh, Pentecostal priest, I want to say. But he was actually using Kenneth Copeland's uh, facilities— to like run his like uh, 2012 campaign, I want to say it is, uh, and we laugh at it, but it's very much an illegal act. If you look at like the Johnson Act, it's like very much attack. It's called the Johnson Amendment of 1954, where nonprofits are not to endorse or oppose any political candidates. And the reason why that act was created is because you don't want to have their influence because 1954 that's exactly like when tv starts to take off Uh, we didn't touch on this like televangelism was a very big thing like in the radio era like of the 1920s and you know leading up to you know the television era like your you know tonight shows or whatever right but they saw like the influence that hey they could move whole nations just from the pulpit like a nation's opinion so they implemented that, like, hey, if you're going to have the, these tax exemptions, you can't interfere with the election by endorsing, like, so-and-so candidate and you, or opposing him. Very much something that Pat Robertson has ignored for years. And no consequences come on them, you know? Like, we saw that with Donald Trump in 2016. All of these evangelical televangelists all supported Donald Trump. And because of that, all of the fucking evangelical, you know, conservative Christians followed that blindly. Now, when you look at Donald Trump, now, mind you, yes, I'm a very liberal person, and I see right through Donald Trump's bullshit, but even taking away all of that, say I was the, like, most Republican person of all time, whatever, the most conservative person, whatever, right? Make me full white. <laughs> you know, like, that would make me that way, right? Donald Trump does not 
his just personal being, he is not a Christian. He does not follow the path of what Christ said in the Bible. It, it says in the Bible, you know, they are Christians by the fruit that they pay, by what by the fruit that they bear. You know, and he gives like an example, like there's patience, kindness, you know, lovingness, like all these things. It's called the fruits of the spirit. Like look that up. I've mentioned it many times during you know the course of the life of this podcast. Donald Trump doesn't ex- exude any of those fruits of the spirit. But the reason why all those televangelists jumped on the Trump train is because one of his promises in 2015 leading into the 2016 election was that he was going to repeal the Johnson Amendment so that way that churches can have their freedom of exp- uh, freedom of speech. They can say whatever they want to sway the elections. And the reason why they wanted Donald Trump in there as well is, is because he was going to protect the tax exemptions that were very much being looked at during the Obama administration, not by Obama, but by a Republican senator named Chuck Grassley, who looked at six different um, televangelists. Uh, He looked at Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Benny Hinn, Eddie Long, Joyce Meyer, Randy and Paula White, as well as a slew of like other, you know, minor players or whatever. Is uh, Creflo Dollar's name really Dollar? It legitimate his legitimate last name. Like he was born that way, or he changed it. Born Dollar. I looked that up as well because I said I thought that was just way too convenient. It sounded like a character that would be on yeah. the HBO show, like The Mighty Gemstones. Yeah. Dang, I wonder if he's related to Ty Dollar Signs. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but no, there there was very much. I believe it started in two thousand seven, like this investigation, uh, where you know the Repu- a Republican Chuck Grassley, he was looking at all of these televangelists. He gave them like I believe it was like six months to divulge you know their spending because he saw that like he saw that he was just like well it doesn't make sense to me that you know a church a nonprofit's role in society is to all those things i was talking about at the beginning of you know the episode to provide services to the community that's why you're tax exempt because what your taxes should be going towards is you know the government you know supplying you know social services like you Mm -hmm. know fire department police health care you know for the poor food stamps and whatever like all these things we're going to grant you tax exemption so that way you can you know have more to do more good in the community. And he goes, it doesn't make any sense that the head figures of these churches have, you know, these, you know, lavish fucking compounds for houses. They have these, they're always asking for new jets. I believe Tyler Perry sold, you know, Kenneth Copeland, a fucking, you know, private jet that was like worth like $35 million or whatever, right? He goes, it doesn't make any sense that you're going to be tax exempt and then live like lavishly like this. We need to we need to see like how much you guys are actually spending in the community because like we were saying like is this an actual church, an actual non-profit church or is this a fucking business? Because we need to we either need to get you on a road to paying some taxes or fucking, you know, get you out of what you're doing and shit. And when Donald Trump came in, he very much said, "No, we're we're going to we're going to ignore all of this shit." Dude, that that Trump guy, man. He deserves his own episode. <laughs> um, yeah, what? man. I, I, I mean, I, it, that part of it feels like it's just history repeating itself. Y- you know, I, I um, not to switch topics too far off, but the other day I was, uh, 
I told you about the whole like um, July twentieth thing where like there was an attempt to assassinate Hitler. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the whole like Valkyrie movie. You guys should check out Valkyrie. It's a pretty good movie. But um, prior to that, uh, one of one of uh, Hitler's big claim to fame was when uh, he had like this big speech where he got all of his followers to go like invade the capital of Munich. Oh wow! And I was like, dude, as I was listening to that, I was like. That is the exact same thing that Trump did. Like, literally, like, almost the exact same thing. I was like, that's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hitler as well, right, to kind of tie that in together. He was very much using, like, the whole fucking guise of Christianity as, like, yo, this is what God would want to get rid of the Jew, right? The Jew is responsible. So you get, like, neo-Nazi fucking, you know, propaganda. Like, the Jew is the one that killed our prophet, Jesus, right? They're the ones yeah. that nailed, arrested him, nailed him to the cross, and crucified him, or whatever, right? He very much used, like, that guy, right? He was the first guy to hold an upside-down Bible in front of a church, right? Yeah. So it's very much, like, manipulating, like, those spiritual vulnerabilities to get the agenda that you want. Very true. And he's also very well spoken. And that's the other thing. I think being like having having a stage persona, people like that shit. Exactly. I mean, each one of these people, there's not a fucking flunky in the group, right? They're all very charismatic. I believe actually Kenneth Copeland actually had like a hit record like in the fifties before he became mm. like a, a minister. Yeah. Good singer, good voice. I didn't, I never heard it, but I assume I, I heard a clip of it on a podcast. It was just like some nineteen fifties fucking like. Even Johnny Cash bullshit. went down though. Like I wanna be a <laughs> like Johnny Cash was segueing his way into like becoming a, a televangelist for really? a while. Yeah, he had the whole like Christian face to his music and then he had his own T V show and it was like kind of like a christian tv show and like oh wow i didn't know about yeah this. and then he was like oh, i'm just gonna go back to being the man in black kind of okay, thing okay cool do some it, coke yeah but that's that's the weird thing about like that era again like i think that's all like those like 1970s mid 1970s where it's yeah i talked about the ed and lorraine warren people like it was like it almost felt like man what's your hustle right now like how are you how are you hustling people right now like <laughs> Like, are you saying you you're like a magic Jesus musician or whatever, or what are you what what are you doing? Like, oh, I heal people. I, they come yeah. on stage I, and I smack them on their heads. I can, your house is haunted by demons. I I can draw them and they're out now. I don't know. It's just whatever it is. Like, televangelist though does feel like a different level of like evilness. Like, it, does. it, it just feels so bad. Like, it's the equivalent of sending someone an email or whatever. Or like, you know, when people send those emails that are like, "Hi, I'm a." I'm a prince in Nigeria, and I need ten thousand dollars <laughs> for you to uh, to help me uh, to help me reclaim my flame, my my fame. And uh, once I get my million dollars, I'll give you two million dollars back, or whatever. And people are like, that's Whoa. almost the exact play for play that they're doing. Yeah, sign me up. Do you know what's sad though? And I was thinking about this uh, throughout the week. It's convenient to look at like all these people like Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, like all these assholes, right? And say that they're intentionally doing it, right? It's convenient to say that, right? Like, oh, like you're an asshole and you know you're being an asshole, right? But the scary thought is, and this has been my experience throughout my life, right? With church and religion and whatnot, that I think a lot of these people, like they believe the gimmick somewhere down the line they believe their they started to believe their lies. You know, you look at Pat Robertson, he's ninety one years old. Kenneth Copeland's like eighty two. Like a lot of these people are like super elderly right now. 
there's probably like a point like in the seventies where it was like all kind of tongue in cheek, like, wow, isn't this crazy? Like we can get like we can get our own tour bus, like tax free or whatever. But then somewhere down the line, like they kind of forgot about like, you know, the stories that they heard in the Bible. And they legitimately like what they've been preaching so long that now they believe it now. To me, that's scarier than like them just being like evil and knowing that they're evil or doing bad things that now they actually believe that they are doing the Lord's work. Like I legitimately think that like Pat Robertson, he, he legitimately thinks that like Obama is a lizard man and that fucking, you know, Trump is like fucking the, the second coming of the Archangel Michael and shit. I believe like Kenneth Copeland believes like him, like taking people's money and saying COVID-19 was, is fake. And like all these like bullshit things. I legitimately think he thinks that like he, he's so far down along the line that they believe the gimmick now. Like that's a scary fucking thought. That is scary. It's probably true as well. So yeah, pretty scary shit, man. Yeah. We live in a scary world. Yeah. So do you got anything else art you want to throw in here? No, man. I, 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 I do want to know if anyone listening to this listens to or watches televangelists. Tell us why you like the televangelists. I want to hear. I want to hear your side of the story. If if you, if you stuck this far into the podcast and you're you're uh, you were saved by uh, Ty Dollar Signs or whatever his name is, <laughs> Creflo Dollar, Creflo Dollar, Joel uh, Osteen, Joel Osteen. Um, if you were saved by one of those people and, um, Joel Olstein to me, as I looked into him, he was very like, plays it safe, plays it super safe. Like everything's like, what do you think about homosexual relations? He's like, Oh, you know, it's like, whatever. I'd rather not talk about it. Like everything is basically that. Like anytime he has to take an opinion on something. Then he has like to the, apologize for it to his congregation. Yeah. Cause he like, didn't denounce it. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. So he always has that shit. But, um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I I would like to hear that if if anyone. I doubt that anyone's listening. Maybe Jesus. Jesus might be listening to this and being like, "Oh, I like I like televangelists. That's my <laughs> that's my claim to fame kind of thing." Um, I'll say this though, like my hope, because I I do think it is important. I said this on the Brujeria episode as well. I mean, I do hope that. Like if you if you got if you were like on drugs or something like that and or you were you know doing some fucked up shit you were you know doing some Jeffrey Dahmer bullshit you know trying to make sex zombies and then eating their flesh or whatever right and then one day you turned on the TV and you know Joel Steen was out there you know preaching you know because some you know for the part of their time they do read from the Bible and they 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 got to live that gimmick as well right they have to pretend to be a preacher or whatever right and. I would like to believe that, you know, sometime, you know, somebody out there doing some evil shit or, you know, just lost in this world, they turn on the TV and then they hear, you know, Joel Osteen or, you know, Pat Robertson or whatever, get the 1% of the good message that they're, they are putting out there. And like, that's like their limp biscuit, right? Like that's their introduction into, you know, spirituality, you know, finding themselves, right? Yeah, we, me and you, we look back and like, God damn, can you believe we used to listen to Limp Biscuit? We used to fall asleep listening to Limp Biscuit, and now like you're into like more interesting things, more you know artistic things or whatever. But I hope like that's like their gateway, you know, into more in depth spirituality. I hope they don't, you know, start you know giving up all their possessions to you know the Kenneth Copeland Ministries or whatever. But kind of like my mom, like I look at that story there, where like my mom, very much a single 
single parent living in a city like with no other relatives trying to find a church or whatever trying to find some kind of stability or whatever turns on the tv because it's convenient right she doesn't have anywhere to go kind of falls into that rabbit hole of like oh shit i better give 20 dollars to fucking benny hinn because i want to be healed from my my sicknesses i want to I want it. I want it more prosperity, whatever, right? And then realizing, like, oh, this is bullshit. But then, like, oh, okay, I've absorbed some good stuff. Let me ignore all the fucking bullshit or whatever. But let me try to live, actually, how the Bible is and live more Christ-like or whatever. So that's my hope. Unfortunately, that's not the story for everybody. But my hope is that more people walk away from it like that than not. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Spirituality is kind of a weird thing. It's kind of always interesting when I hear people's like people talk about how they got into, um, I guess religion. I mean, I always like religion and spirituality to me are two different things. But um, like, I remember one time when I was a lot younger, I. Um, I, s- I posted this thing on Facebook and it said like um, the first step to becoming like joining or going to church or something like that like um, it is uh, is uh, getting on drugs because then you become once you become clean you become all into into um, <laughs> into Christianity and this girl was like messaged me and she's like I can no longer be friends with you because my mom got her life together once um, like she got found Jesus and she's no longer on drugs and all this stuff. And I was just like, I never replied back. I, I think about that sometimes where I'm like, man, I should have replied back. I said something like, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I never replied back, but I do think that, damn, like I- I'm glad that people try to make strides for, for a, a better life um whatever like whatever that means in like their own personal beliefs because i think that that's an individual even like being better that's an individual like idea or goal whatever like that's correct so um but um like i don't know i i think that that that's impressive i think that that's good that people like are willing to to try new things um i don't know that's it that's I would say too, like if I mean, if you are like, you know, heading down that path or whatever, like my like advice or whatever is just like it does say in the Bible that like God wants a personal relationship with you, right? Like if you're following like the Christianity route or whatever, right? Follow that verse before you follow any other verse because you know every church that you go to, I feel like they're always gonna have a different message to suit whoever is in charge, right? And I would say that personal relationship with whatever God, you know, like I said in the Brujeria episode, right? Like if that's what speaks to you and that's what makes you, like you said, a better person, then follow that to, to its truest thing. Don't try to do it because you're trying to keep up with Miss Jones, you know, in the congregation or whatever, or do what my pastor told me to do because that's what benefits your pastor more than it benefits, you know, you or the whole community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah have that personal relationship with whatever, you know, spiritual being that's out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I would say, not with Joel Osteen, who fucking during the hurricanes, you know, turns people away yeah, from his yeah. mega church. And, and that's the other thing. Like I, I, I say everything I said, like, I'm glad that, you know, people have 
use religion to to like get off drugs or whatever it may be, whatever they view as a better life. But I don't want people to like bullshit themselves and think that going to church makes them a better person, like an iota better than anything else. Yeah. Like you are the same person you were before. It's all it's all just a practice. Like it's it's life is like it's just a practice. The action of going to church is mean it's meaningless without like the actual practice behind it. The actual like I say this a lot where I'm like, dude, it's all bullshit. Like at the end of the day, like when you're going to bed and you're asleep or like or whenever you're alone in your own mind, like that's that's really the the thing that matters. Like as long as you're okay with yourself in, in those moments and there is no more bullshit, there is no like Instagram post or like religious quote that you're putting up or whatever it may be. Like those are the moments that matter way more because that's like you like naked alone with yourself and like you know all your flaws and you know all your scars and like that's all that really matters. Like there is no Bible verse, there is no anything like none of that matters in in those moments. And I don't think that people people should like pretend that like going to church or televangelist or whatever it is makes me a better person. Like if you got off drugs, you did that shit on your own. That was like you finding a path, whatever your individual path was, like, you, you got there. Like, you should congratulate yourself a little bit. If you want to say that that's Jesus or God or, like, Muhammad or whatever it is, like, so be it. But, like, there is something, like, interesting and beautiful about, like, the human existence that lets us, like, evolve from who we were, like, a day ago or whatever. And and that in itself is kind of a beautiful thing. Like, whatever it is, that's where I, I believe, like, to me, that's that's the God element, the 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 fact that we have those things built into us that let us grow and be like, man, I was a fuck up. Like, what is that about us that lets us have like self reflection and self meditation and all these things that let us grow into something else? That to me is the built in like thing that like the God if, element. If if yeah, if, it, to me that's that is the God element. That is the evolution part of it. The fact that like not only like are you changing your mind in a weird way? Like, you know, over time and billions of years, you will, your, your, your answer, you you weren't the same person as your ancestors and your offspring won't be the same person as you because you made these like evolutionary decisions along the way. And that to me is like, that's the clever part of God, not the televangelist, not the Bible, not all that other stuff that came with it. But like, that like weird thing that's in us that's just in the back of your mind that people should tap into a little more. Damn. That was like a tool record right there. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> nah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, hopefully this episode will will go f- if you came to this episode expecting us to like do a whole expose on fucking Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Stay they tuned. should they should tie dollars or uh, Creflo dollar? Yeah, I I said it once as a joke and now I'm saying it for real so is it like a goof up what was his name Cryflo dollar yeah creflo creflo dollar he deserves his own episode yeah all these people i mean don't don't walk away from this episode disappointed this is just an introduction to the topic and i think we have to do that because then we do a lot of uh, backtracking but um yeah i mean definitely down the line we will cover people like pat robertson jimmy swagger Paul, Jan and Paul Crouch, like all of these people, like their stories, it, it's almost as interesting, even more interesting than John McCaffrey, McAfee, yeah, who unfortunately, John the, McAfee, McAfee, there you yeah. go, Mac, Mac, ah, man, it's late, rest guys. in peace, yeah, and poo, <laughs> <laughs> rest in poo and peace, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure these people will all have their own 
two hour episodes <laughs> because they're they're fucking crazy they deserve their own story but with that said art it's time to wrap this episode up so with that said guys make sure you follow us on all the social medias at art and jacob do america except for twitter we are at art and jacob do a one uh go to our patreon i fucking feel like a televangelist right now asking for your love <laughs> gift <laughs> send us your money send stop sending it to creflo dollar yes creflo dollar um yeah, stop sending it to him. Start sending it to us. We appreciate it more. We want. We don't promise that God is gonna spiritually enlighten you and you know get cure all your problems or take your cancers away. We don't. We don't promise any of that by donating to uh, donating to our Patreon. But what we do promise is, is you'll get a bonus episode every single week. And nine times out of ten, that bonus episode <laughs> is more fire than actual podcast that you hear you know for free. Didn't it cure Alejandro's erectile dysfunction? Yes, I take that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that choo-choo chain back, right back, 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 right back in. It did cure that. But um, yeah. you'll get a bonus episode every week as well as it'll help pay for all the cute shit that you see here live on YouTube or whatever. These lights, this fucking table, this fucking, you know, notebook that I'm writing my notes on or whatever. It all goes back into the podcast. It doesn't give me a parsonage to have a fucking, fucking jet liner or whatever in the driveway or whatever, right? So go there. Support us. Uh, if you like the podcast, um, go to our T Public website if you want some of our merch. We get probably like twenty five cents off of that shit, but it's cool to see us see you guys walking around town with our fucking uh, designs. That helps promote the podcast, if anything. Yeah. Uh, but we are also members of the Podbelly Network. God damn, I'm so tired. <laughs> Shout out to the Podbelly Network, man. Shout out. You know, I listened to uh, Sofa King. They had an episode on like that. Uh, some big robbery that happened it was a pretty interesting episode one thing i will say like just if you guys are into drinking games at home if i know i know if you're into sofa king you're probably into drinking you're probably shout out to the whiskey wall and everything they got going on take a shot every time brad says you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) in any episode pick the episode chupacabras bam listen to that episode just count how many times he says you know what i mean (laughs) you know what i mean uh, anyway, <laughs> I said Brad, right? Yeah, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so also check out uh, the RBG podcast, as well as Paranormal Punchers and Hillbilly Horror Stories. But with that said, Art, I am tired. I am spiritually and emotionally drained. Let's put a bow on this episode. Good night. Good night, everybody. That word's not for everyone, but it's a particular person. You should have moved a long time ago. And you're missing it, and your family is suffering by it. That's a word. As surely as I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, that is a word for a person right now. That is God penetrating your heart. It's burning on the inside of you, and you need to make a vow of faith of $1,000. Oh, Bob, couldn't you say 25? No! You can't make a $1,000 vow of faith. I'm saying in faith. So we got people that don't have... Teenagers that have no, hardly nothing going for them. They got enough faith to make a $1,000 vow and send a little $5 here and $10 there as God begins to move like a whirlwind in their lives. Because they don't have that old programming of religion. Well, this isn't the way we do it in my church. Forget your church. I'm talking about what God says. And if you want the kind of miracles that are in the Bible, you're going to have to do what God said to do. And I've got the faith to believe they'll come to pass. This is hot soil for anyone that's got the faith to sow into it right now.
I mean right now. I mean right now, not tomorrow. That's part of your problem. God's already spoken a word to you and told you to do it. You need to do it right now. If you'll start now and get your seed of faith into the ground, it'll begin to grow and God begin to begin to move. And, uh, it's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.